they had two burning passions, witch hunting and devil worship. Boils and ghouls, lock your doors and strap yourselves in from Los Angeles, California. This is the Boo Crew Podcast. Horror news, commentary, reviews, interviews, and more with your hosts, Tim Timebomb, Leone D'Antonio, Lauren and Trevor Shan, Austin Wilkin, and Rachel Tejada. Let's go! Hey, it's Trev. Hey, it's Lauren. And I'm Leo. And, and we're, we're the, the Boo, Boo Crew. Crew! Welcome to episode 59. If you are listening to this at time of release, on behalf of myself, Leo, Trevor, Rachel, Austin, and Tim. Thank you so much for stopping by and hanging out with us at Midsummer Scream this past weekend in Long Beach. It was so awesome to get a chance to meet all of you, talk horror, hear your suggestions, and a special welcome to new members of the Boo Crew family as well. It is amazing to have you here along with us. This week, Alexandra and Zachary James from the satanic doo-wop group Twin Temple. This episode is truly close to our hearts as we absolutely love these guys, their music, and their story. Hear about how it all came to be, the horror films they love, their personal journeys as musicians, and what it means to be a Satanist. Learn about the power of magic, rituals, and how to not get attacked by bears while filming music videos. Here's some incredible ghost stories, and just generally meet your new best friends and new favorite band in the world. The Circle is cast. Let's do this. We are the undead. Immortal. The devil has sent me. Twins of evil. This is Alexandra. And this is Zachary. And, and we're, we're Twin, Twin Temple. Temple. You are about to sacrifice yourself to the dark coven known only as the Boo Crew. Hail Satan. I'd rather be charged with attempted murder than be an empty shell missing my pearl. It's not a big deal, it's just forever. Let's Go ahead, scream. That's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. Joining the Boo Crew in the Speakeasy studio are two fascinating and visionary singer-songwriters and musicians whose very existence breaks all the rules as they are forging an entirely original and inspirational path for themselves that leaves no choice but to be admired and paid attention to. Just ask NME, Noisy, the LA Times, among many others. The fans who scooped up all 666 limited edition copies of last year's debut album on Blood Red Vinyl and who attend their countless sold-out shows. They have become symbols of individualism, respect, equality, and defiance. They rise for the outcast. They are also devout Satanists whose battle cry rests in the hymns of the technicolor-drenched sounds inspired by 50s and 60s rock and roll when being a rebel changed the world. Their self-titled album is available everywhere now on Rise Above Records. Hail Satan for Alexandra and Zachary James, also known as the wickedest band in the world, Twin Temple. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> that was beautiful. Well, thank you guys for being here and inspiring us. I'm just excited that people like you like our our band. <laughs> oh my God, it's it's exactly. made for people like us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we're always excited when it brings us together with other like-minded people and we're just like, yes, this is why we do this. That's awesome. To sit in haunted mansions. <laughs> well, before we talk about this incredible music movement you've created for us, as a lot of your inspiration comes from a twist on darker themes, are you both fans of horror cinema and what are your earliest and most impactful memories of being exposed to it? Oh yeah. yeah Big definitely. horror fans. I think think as a little kid for me it was like Adam's family was a big one because I related to being completely outside of society and I always dreamt about that black Victorian <laughs> I still do yeah. yeah the Munsters Adam's family like the Burbs it yeah. you know, Stephen King was real influential you know when I was oh, younger yeah. I mean, you know, you have Ramones doing Pet Cemetery, you know, and you know, all that kind of yeah. stuff. So right. there's that kind of relation mm-hmm. there. Growing up, I didn't watch as many movies when I was really young, but I was a really big bookworm. So I loved like the scary stories yeah, and I yeah. avidly collected ghost stories and any oh. kind of gothic romance like I loved Wuthering Heights and Bronte and I just devoured anything that had witches in it Roald Dahl the witches um, anything with basically a supernatural overtone I devoured at the library how about the the Anne Rice uh, get some love with the vampire you know I love that movie but I didn't read it as a kid no I read like one of her books later but not 
growing up or anything. Mm. So. Are you excited for Scary Stories, the movie that's coming out? I didn't, I didn't even, even know. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Guillermo del Toro's involved in the production of that. Oh. And it comes out, I think, in just a him. few weeks. Oh, yes. wow. Yeah. yeah. Looking forward to that. It looks really good. But we'll have to watch it. Oh, One will. other place. <laughs> have you guys ever been to the Mission Inn, Riverside area? No. As far as this aesthetic goes, yeah. I mean, it's right up your alley. Okay. But some of the rooms are actually still trapped in that era. Remember we ended really? up, yeah. yeah, we ended up taking the kids there one night because they were working on the house or something. So we just went out there. It was the only thing that had vacancies and they have like an author's row up on the top of this old Spanish mission style hotel. Oh. One of the oldest historic hotels in, in California. I still got the stained glass windows, oh, wow. spiral staircase in the room made of iron. Oh. It's stunning. It's so Amazing. And Rice actually stayed there while working on some of her books, wow. but it's a real cool. That's cool. Yeah. yeah That's real awesome. Cool trip. Talk about your early journey into becoming musicians. I mean, Zach, what inspired your love of guitar? I guess I kind of just came out of the womb into music, really. I mean, my parents turned me on to music when I was young, but uh, as a kid, I would grab like tennis rackets or a fake guitars so i guess i kind That's of knew true. back then i've so. seen the footage it's really cute <laughs> he's in a yeah. diaper he can barely stand and he's got a shoe on a camera tripod and he's got a plastic guitar actually it wasn't a tennis racket it was a little miniature guitar <laughs> and he's going la, 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 and he's like tiny and i was like well there you go <laughs> i don't think you're even two yet no it was I, I adorable was doing, but you uh, barely stand yeah <laughs> anyways <laughs> yeah, I mean you know we both were into like punk rock and rock and roll and all that kind of stuff nice. you know and then again always into the, the macabre and the weird and it was a pretty natural progression getting into it all really and discovering more and more who were some of your musical heroes as, uh, on guitar when you were starting out on guitar hmm, that's a good question you know I feel like starting out I didn't really strive to be like a guitar player it mm -hmm. was more a tool for writing and then as I played more I was like oh you know what I enjoy this you know so I, I took it further but uh, I feel like, I guess his influences go, Link Ray is a big influence on guitar. I really love his playing. It's really raw and honest and bluesy. Dick Dale, you know, I love the surf guitarist as well. All oh, that yeah. stuff was really cool, you know, and, and then mixing in the kind of uh, different scales, you know, and stuff. And it really had a dark overtone. A lot was like in minor keys and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. A lot of like Middle Eastern scales yeah. and things that he would use. Yeah, yeah that stuff's yeah. rad. And Alexandra, you're such a powerhouse vocalist. You got outstanding versatility and wow. range and most of all control. I'm blushing. When did you start? <laughs> singing i kind of just always enjoyed singing i didn't really take it seriously until i don't know i was in my early 20s that's when i took a lot of vocal lessons for about eight or nine years i kind of stopped after that because i felt like i could i had gleaned all the technical stuff i needed so now i just like to learn songs that i love and learn different singers techniques and stuff like that and that's kind of how i got into singing in the first place was like singing alone in my room and <laughs> learning records front to back that i really loved what were some of those early records you were listening to man well, as a kid, I really loved Motown. Oh. So like the Supremes and the Temptations. And I mean, I loved all of that stuff. So and I also really loved Freddie Mercury for as long as I could remember. I was completely obsessed with Queen. Like I remember the day he died. I was really little and I was just like sobbing. And my mom and yeah. I were like hugging each other. And it was this big moment. And I loved Elvis. <laughs> One of the first cassettes I ever bought was like the Elvis Gold Hits, like a compilation CD. But but I really liked Elvis. <laughs> Out of all the musicians that have passed, is there any, if you could bring one back to see them mm. perform live, who would that be? Roy Orbison. Yes. Nice. nice. Roy. Well, yeah. since you covered Roy. <laughs> Man, that is really hard. I know. I feel like it's kind of like, only one person on this earth can live. Like, <laughs> I feel like I have to murder like a bunch of people right now by only choosing one. Be nice. <laughs> you are so definitive. You're just like Roy. But like, there's so many. I would have loved to see Billie Holiday oh, perform. Yes. Oh, I would have too. That uh, would be amazing. Like... <sighs> But Elvis, I mean, that would have been amazing. Early yeah. Elvis, of course. Yeah, it's funny. We actually um, had a guest here that kind of sort of dated Elvis. What? Oh, yeah. You remember? That's right. Kind of dated Elvis. Eh? Yeah. Mm. Elvira, Mistress yeah. of the Dark. Oh. oh. You guys said Elvira. In fact, she, she told us a story here that, you know, it was because of him that she left Vegas. 
Really? Uh, she would have never come to LA. She would have never done radio or television or become the personality that she is today after all these years if it wasn't for Elvis. Huh. Thank you, Elvis. Right? <laughs> <laughs> How did you guys end up coming together then? Man, well, we knew of each other through the punk scene. Both of our bands had played together. And yeah. so that's where we met the first time. At the time, like UK82 punk was really big. So everyone had like huge mohawks and like lots of painted studded jackets. And we were more into like 77 punk Chuck Berry, the early stuff. So we had plain leather jackets and like mullets <laughs> and like pointy half sole creepers. It was really important to not have the full sole creeper. And I didn't know anyone who really dressed like that, except for a few of my friends I was there with. And I saw this tall drink of water. He was like seven feet tall. Even back then, only 15. Don't worry, I waited till he was 18 a day. <laughs> um, he had blue suede shoes on and he just was so handsome. And I kind of had that dream lover moment where I was like, I will marry him. And my friend was like, oh, that's Zachary James. He just got a record deal. and He's only 14 or 15 or whatever. And I was like, okay, well, here's my number. Open this envelope in like five years. <laughs> Which is basically exactly... That's amazing. I didn't really do that. But, um, it's a good story, though. Yeah, yeah we'll like, go with it. And I was 19 at the time, so I don't know. I guess I was of... But we never did anything statutory. Um, I can guarantee you that for the record. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just kind of was like love at first sight, but we yeah. both were in other relationships. And, and then later stuff. on, I moved to LA. So we were both in the same city, you know, I reached out and we were both around and we started playing in a, oh, I started playing guitar for her. I guess it was actually bass at first and guitar. And yeah. then, uh, you know, we were we spending were, time mm -hmm. together and, and then, yeah, that's it. Did you discover Satanism together and what did that look like? And also explain to people what it is and what it isn't. Yeah. Well, firstly, we feel that you're born a Satanist and that we Definitely. were, we were born Satanist. Yeah. So. It's kind of like saying, when did you discover you felt like an outsider that didn't feel the need to uphold the status quo and felt that individualism was like tantamount to the self or something. It's like, you don't really, that's sort of a core set of values that you don't wake up and learn how to be a fierce individualist or something. I think various life experiences kind of like molded us in that direction. But I think for as long as we can remember, we've always felt like outside of normal society. Were you aware that that feeling had a name or a religion or that you could actually, you know, do things like practice ritual magic and all that right. stuff? Were you doing that on your own before you got together and met each other? Yeah. yeah unconsciously. It wasn't yeah. like formal ceremonial magic. Or anything no, like it's that. definitely that grown from there. But I think the seed impulse has always been yeah. there for both of us. I and think, yeah. as we grew, we discovered other like-minded people who wrote books or who yeah. pr also practice magic. And we're like, ah, there are others and there's a name for it. And that's what I am. Yeah. So definitely, I think I bought the Satanic Bible when I was uh, in high school or something and was like, oh, okay, there's like a name for this kind of, you know, but I was never like shouting it from the rooftops or anything. It was just sort of like, ah, Personal practice, I'm a punk yeah. rocker. Yeah. I'm a Satanist. I practice magic. Like these are things like just titles that I acquired along the way, but they were always yeah. there. It wasn't until more recently that we um, kind of were came out of the broom closet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> incorporated it more heavily into the music, you know, again, because yeah. it's not about pushing it on people or anything like that. Right. It's always been a personal practice, but it just and felt that, like yeah. something we wanted to do now. And it was kind of at first we were like, should we really yeah. put this out there? Because a large part of being a Satanist is not proselytizing, not pushing your beliefs. And also there's obviously a huge stigma that comes along with it. I mean, we've had quite a bit of yeah, hate mail, fallout, hate mail, death threats, family members like getting up in arms and stuff Aww. like that. So it definitely was kind of a sacrifice to be like, hey, this is who I am. But um, it's been the most rewarding thing because to just be yeah. completely honest with who you are has been super liberating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's interesting because the more you look into this, people follow these beliefs or it seems like it's more inclusive than anything. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Which is counter of what the, yeah. the whole thing we're talking about. You know, people want right. to label it as like, oh, nope, this right. is no good. But in, in reality, it's like it's more inclusive. It's very inclusive. It. Well, the idea is that we're all unique individuals. So there's only one of each person. And because of that individualism, 
it's very special and precious because you'll never be able to replace that individual ever. Right. So it has a respect for everyone to, you know, live their lives however they see fit, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. You know, is it the current works of like, let's say, uh, Anton LaVey that you follow? I mean, no, uh, I mean, you can't really be a Satanist without acknowledging his body of work. And uh, obviously we've read it, but we're not LaVeyan Satanists. No. Um, we, we feel like, you know, it's a living tradition, right? you know, so it's constantly evolving, you know, based on the times it's being practiced. Yeah. I mean, and so. personally, we feel like because it's so about being an individual, it's like yeah, you can't ascribe one. There is no one text or one yeah. way because that would that would go against the entire yeah. point of it. You know mm. exactly. So we kind of are our own brand of Satanists. I mean, we've read a wide variety of different occult authors and authors that would fall under the broader like left hand path. Basically, right. Satanism I think would be like a subgenre of the left hand path, which we would identify as left hand path magicians. Yeah, because really we're we're a blend. Mm-hmm. You know, we borrow from Thelema. You know, Satanism, ceremonial magic, really anything that we feel will mm-hmm. you know better achieve whatever goal it is or or whatever we may be trying to do. Yeah, so the definitely. Ceremonial magic does that date back to a certain time period or like? I mean, you're talking about e- Egypt. Oh, and, wow. and before, you know, that's the, thousands yeah. of years pre Christianity. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, that's wow. It's tapping, tapping reservoirs of energy, you know, that people have been putting mental energy into for thousands and thousands of years. Wow. Mm. Talk about Halloween 2016 when you guys form uh, the band. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the destruction ritual. Well, we had kind of been messing around writing music together. We both had other projects that we were working on at the time. And we realized that we wanted to do something together to combine basically everything that we love. So we performed this destruction ritual on the eve of Samhain 2016 and did a series of ritual workings prescribed to us by this ceremonial magician, Don Webb. He gave us a series of sigils to charge. And I believe that Twin Temple is kind of the result of that and our entire lives basically of interests we've pursued and who we are as people. It's like, it just sort of feels like, I don't know, what do we call it? Like firing on all cylinders, basically like when every aspect of yourself is kind of aligned and you're able to just express your full self. That's sort of synthesis of, of, you know, everything we are, you know, yeah, kind of all, all happening at once. And like on a mundane level, it was like... I don't know. We'd experienced a lot of heartache working with industry and maybe trying to mold our artistic output into what we felt it should be because obviously satanic doo-wop, right? I mean... (laughs) Genius. Genius. It makes absolutely no sense. And so we were like, well, you can't do that. Can you? And then we're just kind of like, you know what? Screw the rules. Screw it all. Let's just keep our day jobs. Let's keep on with our life. This doesn't have to make money. This should just be our magical child. It should be something we do together that brings us joy. And literally, that's all we expected from it. So the irony is, once we let go of all of our expectations of what we were supposed to be doing or what we were told to be doing or what various you know, basically society was like, you can't do, it was like, we just kind of threw it out the window and we're like, let's just make ourselves happy. Let's make something for ourselves. Like if I was walking through a record store, right. And like kind of digging through the bins and I saw a record that had a cultist on the cover and it was like an old fifties doo-wop record and it shattered your like time space continuum of like whatever. It's like the rarest record ever, you know, then my mind would be blown and I would just be like, sick. Look what I just picked up at the record shop so we just kind of wanted to create that experience for other people digging through the what when is this from like what is this like right right. (laughs) that's an experience i think we lusted after as you know music lovers and collectors it was like Mm -hmm. i love doo-wop and early rock and roll but i mean obviously there was no occult in any of the music that we love from the 50s and 60s. If there is, I don't know. But <laughs> I don't think there are any satanic witches creating. Screaming Jay is the, the closest. There's, yeah. Screaming Lord Such, but they're Screaming not practicing Lord Lord Lord. Oh, yeah. Really. Screaming Lord Such yeah. is awesome. Yeah. But, I mean, the, the, I guess the story, right? Like Robert Johnson Robert and making <laughs> a deal with the devil <laughs> yeah. and that kind of stuff. It's, you know, it's been, it's always been in there right. somewhere, yeah. but Absolutely. not. Absolutely. Yeah. And like a lot of the early blues I love because it chronicles a lot of the hoodoo magic 
music that was going on in the South at the time. So right. if you listen to yeah. a lot of those old blues lyrics, they'll talk about blood magic that witches would do like a, the oldest voodoo love spell in the book is you but, you bleed a little bit in the man's food and it's a <laughs> very potent love spell. <laughs> and Dr. John. Dr. John, yeah. he chronicled a lot of the New Orleans voodoo and stuff. So there's That's precedence, right. absolutely, but it was just like, well, this, this is what Doing we want to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Was there something in particular as far as the aesthetic of the group, maybe based in cinema or any movies that kind of sparked the visual look? Mm, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I would say spark. I feel like it was birthed out of our own minds but yeah which is a culmination of everything we've we've witnessed before but True. hammer films 100 mm. percent, and obviously all the vincent price all the <laughs> 60s 70s vincent price oh, stuff yeah. mm-hmm. but uh yeah hammer films all the christopher lee stuff I oh mean, yeah great 60s kind of weird technicolor you know yeah. and like devil rides out you know and they've got these great mm-hmm. baphomet characters or like black sunday was yeah a big black one sunday's great and bloody pit of horror there's oh, a bunch of them yeah just, the edgar Allan poe series i mean all, all, of, that, all of that vintage definitely. 60s i mean those are some of our favorites yeah. Yeah. And Horror ritual films. magic, you know, I mean, the stuff mm-hmm. in the show and all, you know, in the in the music video for sex magic, you know, those aren't just lifted from a movie because we saw it. Those are specifically chosen ritual movements that are, you know, symbolic of a certain yeah. thing that we're trying to showcase. And that, that we moment. practice. And that's actually all our own ritual tools. Yeah. Oh, wow. And stuff. So, yeah. 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 And same with the live show. You know, we incorporate ritual into the live show. And again, it's it's excerpts from actual rituals. For people who don't know anything about the fact that ritual magic and ceremonial magic actually exists and what exactly it is. Can you explain a little bit about, again, what it is and what it isn't? Yeah. For sure. Well, I always, the like 101 I like to give so people can kind of disarm their disbelief is think about it like the placebo effect. If you can convince yourself that you're taking a pill that has a pharmaceutical effect, the mind will make it so. So the mind is so powerful. I mean, I don't think we even understand its full potency as of yet as human beings. But basically, if you want to call it a brain hacking system, that's a way to make it sound really nervous and uncool. But essentially, if you can get into your subconscious and reprogram it and make it believe that what you did is going to have an effect, it will. The subconscious makes it so. And the subconscious, it's not like the rational mind. It speaks in symbols and it loves to play. So the best way you can get in there is to, they call it, what's the like basically line between the rational mind and the subconscious mind? There's basically like a gatekeeper that stands in between and doesn't let stuff go in between the two. It likes to keep things rational and then there's a subconscious mind. So what you want to do is try and break down the gatekeeper and get past them to sneak in there and reprogram your subconscious mind. So there's tons of ways you can do that. We personally, being left-hand path magicians, find sex magic to be one of the most effective ways of doing that. But basically, when you're in any kind of trance state, you can go in there and imprint your subconscious. So yeah, and ritual magic and ceremony magic is the most powerful because it's tying up every sensory organ. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've got, you have a, a smell, you know, you've got a certain incense you've chosen, you know, that corresponds with your working. You have colors, so you've got a visual aspect. There's auditory. You're tying up and you're sending these messages through every every sensory mm-hmm. organ you have. So that's why, in particular, ritual magic is very powerful when you're tapping every sensory organ. Mm-hmm. And it's not, I mean, what's the like basic magic 101? It's basically like trance plus... Um, trance plus energy, you know, and then yeah. again, a symbol that you have given meaning because mm-hmm. again, the subconscious speaks in symbol. And then, uh, yeah, again, you use trance. So you create energy. You send To create change in the outer world. Yeah. Wow. That's that's ritual magic <laughs> that's, that's 101. A, no, that makes sense. It's like, it's, for the layperson, it seems like a super tangible, like heightened state of meditation almost. Where you become mm-hmm. completely aware of what you're trying to accomplish in life or whatever goal you're right. seeking to accomplish and saying it out loud, attaching it to words or a spell mm-hmm. and making it a physical, yeah. tangible thing. Absolutely. I yeah. mean, and rituals you, are very powerful because if you think about about weddings or, you know, baptisms or this is ritual magic. Basically, you're going through a ritual and raising energy in order to 
create a certain outcome and, and change and shift in your consciousness and mind. Because, I mean, you guys got married, right? Wasn't it kind of crazy right after how it really, that one simple ritual, right. Right. it didn't matter how committed you were before or whatever. It's like that one little ritual and all of a sudden you're like... Changes everything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You feel different, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And you also have to, you know, you have to work on all planes of existence, you know, just because you do a ritual doesn't mean, you know, say I want a car. I do a ritual for a car. I have to go look in the classifieds. You know, you have to take action yeah. in the physical world as well. It's you not about just steps. doing a spell and then sitting I and, think, and doing yeah. nothing to yeah. make it happen. That's one of the most, I think, annoying things about new age Instagram manifestation is that they're just like, oh, the universe, I'll just like wait for the universe to give it to me. And it's like, yeah. no, 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 you have to do the work. Yeah. You do the magic and then you take the steps in the physical world to get what you want. And it's about yeah. being perceptive to synchronicity. Like, huh, you know, I kind of feel like looking in the classifieds today. I wonder if there's anything there today or I'll turn right down this street instead. See if that guy who's got his car is selling it or yeah, that's whatever how it happens. You know, it's just a yeah. small little hunch you get, you know, mm-hmm. and you, if you have right. that dialogue, you know, with your inner self, you'll listen and mm-hmm. then you'll take that different turn that day. And then you end up walking into that car you want and you're like, oh, you're like, yeah, ah, right there's there. the car. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that would help with some midsummer props. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. She's trying to track down some props from the oh, movie yeah. Midsummer. <laughs> you want to cast some magic spell to try and get... Hey, it's working. We can give you a little sex uh, magic primer. Sweet. There you go. I'm down I for that. that. I need some of that. <laughs> you know, a lot of magicians do these, like, you know, they'll hold their breath until they're about to pass out so they can try and get into... And it's just like, but you can also just have sex like you guys. It's a lot more pleasurable than some of these other ways of yeah I read some book I, I forget it was a modern <laughs> magician so, you know talking about some older writings and they're like man yeah these older guys that instead of masturbating you know they'd kill a goat you know because it was just like oh goat whatever no right. problem you know like but, god like, forbid you have sex yeah, yeah. it's like y'all it's pretty pleasurable it's fun I recommend that you don't have to kill anything right hey yeah, yeah I concur <laughs> <laughs> and you can do that. It's actually, I mean, it's an art and a science. It's sort of like learning how to cook. You can, it's, I don't want to make it seem like it's, it's powerful. I mean, it so is, it, is, it is easy. I feel like it's maybe so easy. That's why it's so difficult because there's precisely. a million ways to do one thing. It's just sure. like imprint your subconscious with a message and have it be energized with emotional energy. You know, it's like, but how do you do that? You know, it's like, there's so many different ways. So it's so complex and yet it's so simple at the same time. Wow. And it's also like all of the parables that you've heard that basically say, be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Like the Midas touch. I want everything I touch to turn to gold. Right. That is absolutely classic yeah. magic one mistake 101 where everything he touched literally turned to gold. Right. So obviously in this life, I don't think you could do a spell to have everything you touch turned to gold but um there's we did one of those we one of our very very first things together we made the hugest mistake that you can make which is we asked for money for ten thousand dollars which you're never supposed to ever do. And we're like, well, let's just try yeah. it and see what happens. Why is that? Is you it something to agree? You have because to ask for a situation that brings you money because oh. if you ask for money, then a situation has to arise that gets you money. And, and it could be anything. Oh. It may be someone you love dies. A robbery. Like we <laughs> well, were, we were that's what into, happened with us. You know? Really? Oh. Yeah. And then we got 10 grand in insurance, you know, settlement. It was like, it was like $7. Oh over. my God. <laughs> But I mean, one of my favorite magicians was talking about a story where this one magician really wanted to win this tournament. He was a horse racer. So he did a sigil to win tournament. It was tournament was a sigil. He ended up coming in last place. And when he was awarded the prize, it was a cologne called tournament. No way. So that's like super classic. Wow. Like it. It, it's kind of like childlike, like it doesn't it's have morals. It's got its morals. own moral compass. With you. If, if, <laughs> it you doesn't know, if you're have not morals. Really, yeah, it's got no morals. It will but if just you're not bring direct. you the thing it right. thinks you want. So it's yeah. like you, you have, have to be, to be so super specific, yeah. like legally binding. Like yeah, this 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 situation will make me happy. You all have this kind yeah. of reaction to it. Like you can get really specific. You have to get you, know? you and you have to. Otherwise, yeah. you'll get this weird, It'll always garbled thing where you're like, well, yeah, I asked for tournament but dang it i don't want to come in last place yeah so that's oh like <laughs> classic magic you know stuff wow. <laughs> let's go into the creation of the album starting with the songs there's a ton of world building in all that you guys are doing with this wow, too thank you <laughs> and you're so committed to it and it makes it so incredible
incredibly compelling from the sonic palette to the message of the lyrics, but also the tone in which you're delivering <laughs> your message. It's delicious. It's the only word I can oh, use to describe thank you. it. It's amazing. What is yeah. the writing process like, first of all, before we go into the production? I, w- I want to hear about the writing process. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's very collaborative between the two of us, really. Mm. Every song's a little bit different. I think, but the key thing that we've learned is that it has to say something that we're really passionate about expressing. So I don't know, sometimes Zach will will bring songs that are completed and I'll go in and write lyrics and melody, or sometimes I have lyrics and melody and Zach will compose and arrange some things and then we kind of meet up and put it in a blender. <laughs> yeah. But on the whole, it's like lyrics and melody and then arrangements and music music. do you always have that there's this cheeky humorous spark that's in all the songs (laughs) as well do you consciously apply that and and go you know it's got to be fun though or or does that just come out in because you are who you are i think think yeah it's just i like to have fun i think some of my favorite artwork is both serious and funny yeah i don't think the two are mutually exclusive and i think especially some of my favorite works of art will have something that draws you in and something that disarms you so there'll be something attractive and something repulsive Mm -hmm. uh, about the artwork when i was a teenager i was actually pursuing visual art and i went to college for art and i remember seeing a painting by Chris Ophelia and it's the Madonna and she's uh, it's called Black Madonna I believe or is it just Madonna I don't know anyways it's a beautiful painting and it was in this New York show and it's this glittering absolutely transcendent painting technically it seems to like emanate light from within and it's absolutely gorgeous and then you get up close and it's resting on two big pillars of shit and there's like porno clippings um next to this beautiful painting of madonna the madonna like virgin mary and she's black and so that to me was like yes wow it's beauty it's shit it's profane it's like transcendent it's religious and spiritual and it can be all these things and i realized that That was one of the first times I realized that what it meant to transcend kind of binaries, you Mm, know what I mean? Like the sacred and the profane and that these things weren't mutually exclusive. And in fact, they kind of thrive when you put them all together. So yeah, that's something we've definitely strived to do is, you know, showing that transcendence of binaries, you know, again, with just the concept as a whole is a kind of dualistic binary, really. On that note, did you guys ever discover the uh, work of uh, Joel Peter Whitkin? Mm-mm. The photographer? No. No. He did something very interesting. You'll see a large photo, a print that, you know, where you see like a bowl of fruit, but then you see two legs coming out of it. Oh. Except those legs were from a real cadaver. Oh, wow. That's cool. So he does a lot of like, a lot of like cool stuff. That's right. It's like, well, you know, that's right up around. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've always yeah. wondered where does he get the body parts from? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Good point. <laughs> but yeah, it's very similar to what you're, you know, yeah. you're totally. tasting art there. Speaking of just the visual art aspect of what you guys are doing in the, for instance, the cover of, of your debut album when it's got the naked woman on the front yeah. drenched in, in blood and it's got the goat head. I know there were some challenges in actually getting oh, that made. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there the, was a lot. The other cover only had one nipple, and we had a lot of trouble on that. <laughs> yeah, we, we doubled down on the nipples on the repress. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, it's crazy, but I think it just exposed the complete sexism of the patriarchal society that we live in, that one tiny female nipple is more offensive than, I don't know, showing a woman being murdered on a cover of a record as long as her boobs are covered, basically. <laughs> like, I've always never really understood why we push this deep shame of our body and specifically the policing of women's bodies. But it's just kind of basically a symptom yeah. of living under a sexist society. So yeah, we had to go through multiple print houses and we had one distributor because we self-released it and then we had to call another and then we I like ended up making friends via the phone with another distributor over at, was it? I don't Tim remember. Ford? We don't have to worry about it anymore luckily now that the label yeah, does the distro. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but basically I was like, please, can we put this the 
it's such a small nipple like can you just slide it through and not tell your boss about it? and finally I like wore him down like an hour on the phone he was like yeah yeah okay I'll, just, I'll just distribute it and it was just like so, so ridiculous and crazy it's crazy <laughs> like I'm raising four kids I breastfed all four mm. of them and like men would walk by and they'd be like disgusting and I'm like I'm <laughs> fucking feeding my baby yeah, like, right it was just insane I've seen so men with gross. bigger boobs than me. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, your boobs don't even like create the miracle of life. So right. why do I got to look at those? Yeah. You get to like walk right. around on the beach with your shirt off. And I've had women where they're like, why yeah. don't you go into a restaurant? I know. And I was like, I'm going to feed my baby in a bathroom. Like hail just- Satan, sister. Titties <laughs> <Right. laughs> out for Satan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing to feed your child. Yeah. And it's, totally ridiculous that they're like oh my oh my you're feeding your child in public it's yeah. like oh my god fuck yeah. off yeah exactly Thank so you. whatever <laughs> well i definitely want to go i admire you right. for just yeah. for busting the tit out <laughs> that's right <laughs> i definitely want to bring up the production on on your oh, yeah. stuff it's just so it's so great you guys you've yes. created that, that phil specter-esque oh, wall of sound that it, and it's such a surreal mechanism for the delivery of both your message and and aesthetic and it's somehow just makes perfect sense. What was the challenge of actually kind of recreating that style and developing your own out of that? Mm. Yeah, I think it starts with the music. You know, it's like the music we're writing is of that era. I mean, of mm-hmm. course, there's some twists and spins, but for the most part, there are parts that would be have been played back then, you know, by the Wrecking yeah. Crew or someone like that. Um, I mean, yeah, they're all classic 50s and 60s. Wait, they were yeah. played by the Wrecking Crew? Not played by them. So oh. They, they could have been. Right. Yeah. Oh, like yeah, how yeah, blame yeah. all those guys? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. A so, lot of people yeah. think if you record live to tape, yeah, you'll it'll sound, sound like Motown. Right. Or something. <laughs> right. You have to write the song but, first. So yeah, yeah, that's where yeah. it starts for sure, yeah. which is a great point. But once we got there, then it's about, you know, assembling the right people who can perform the way you want. And we luckily have mm-hmm. a, you know, a good group of people we perform with and they record with us as well. Yeah. And they understand vintage techniques and stuff like that. Yeah. And then uh, it was about choosing the right studio that had the right gear mm-hmm. uh, you know we specifically sought out a place that had a bunch of vintage ribbon mics and old nice. tube preamps you know and the right right machines mm-hmm. so then again it would be it's all period correct it's all yeah like it's very yeah. warm sounding late 50s yes. early 60s gear yeah because it was all i mean it's all analog gear and it yeah. was all live to tape it's like what you know what elvis was recording on rca mm-hmm. you know rca ribbon mics and stuff right so right it's all and then you know yeah. once we got it to tape we got you got to dump it in digital just to get it out to people and whatnot but uh but yeah that was yeah. the process of recording and then we did it live yeah and then we mixed it in mono that's right yeah that's also which, part of it which part of the secret so sauce yeah, yeah. <laughs> and mono and yeah it was all done live vocals were done live Mm-hmm. everything it was just done we chose our favorite of a few takes and then that was yeah that. by the time we were actually in the studio pretty much all the work had been done i mean we yeah. recorded it in we a day over pre-production actually yeah yeah oh right and then there's pre-production where you get together with everyone and yeah. hone in the parts show them and, all the parts you know and all that yeah stuff. you give them music and stuff once so, yeah. we've demoed it out so like yeah once everyone's like how do you make a record in a day yeah it was one like day of recording six months before that one day <laughs> and then it was like right. two years of writing it you know what yeah. i mean so but alexander your vocals are phenomenal oh They're thank just, you it's amazing, <laughs> amazing. And, and then i was thinking you know there's this complimentary horn section mm. to your voice. where did the idea of using the horns come from we've always loved that song. yeah it's just man. rock and roll yeah. soul r&b all yeah that. get out of horns <laughs> yeah before works. like guitar solos were king it was all about the sax solo yeah, tenor. <laughs> that's what guitar replaced tenor you know that, mm-hmm. that was the lead instrument until oh. once, once the guitar went electric it was said excuse me make right. way make well way a horn can guitar. make one though right. a guitar can make a whole yeah a guitar horn section Six horn players on one, you know, yeah. one fretboard. Yeah. I can hit six notes. I don't need six players on a stage. You know, I mean, whatever. But we still like horns. Love horns. Yeah, we got the horns. Always got to have a horn player. And you got this beautiful overdriven tone on your voice. Is that just natural through the kind of microphones that, yeah. that you'd use? Of, yeah, you know, it was just all the vocal chain. Yeah. He actually let me just kind of dial in the knob the until pre. the, yeah, the two pre until like the overdrive felt <sighs> right. It was like, ah, a little too much. Ah, bring it back. And then we just kind of got into a sweet spot and yeah once all the sounds were there it honestly was the most freeing recording process ever because it was like all right rolling record play the song yeah uh, should we try another yeah record another and which is better okay done 
you know, just like the way they used to, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And we've recorded, you know, multi-tracking and stuff in the past and sucks the joy out of it. Like yeah. it's actually the most awful experience for a singer to be in this fishbowl and everyone's staring at you and they're like, why don't you perform in this really bizarre scenario that you would never perform in with everyone staring at you through a fishbowl <laughs> with a pre-recorded right. track and you do it over and over again until it sucks the joy out of it. Yeah. It's like, it was really eye-opening because we're like, well, let's try this you know other way and it was like oh man I am never going back to that it's just like let's get the band together let's go in the room let's press record record in a day be done with it that's awesome <laughs> yeah it's got a real alchemy to that energy as a listener you could yeah you could tell when you're all in a room together too you're responding to one another mm, you kind of totally mix yourselves because you're like oh oh that's happening okay oh yeah like everyone sort of the way to do it at least to get the core tracks done yeah I think we'll expand yeah. maybe bring some other <laughs> Sonic toys in and future records. I love how, yeah. you know, how some of these songs have many themes to them, like uh, Santa Muerte. Mm. You know, it, it sounds very Spanish-like. Yeah. It's also like, wow, what a nice tone to that. Ah, uh, thank you. <laughs> so the whole, that whole arrangement works beautifully. I think the detail that you guys put into everything, too, from the packaging, you got the aged look of the covering to the fonts you pick, the color tones on there are amazing, the strip on the Satan's a Woman single, that's out right now, Presented in monophonic sound, listening pleasure, <laughs> suitable for ritual use, of course. Do you guys labor a long time on that minutia? And yeah. is, is it important to you and why? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the fun part yeah, for all us. those little details you find. I don't know. It, it brings us joy. Yeah. We're like, oh, that'll be so funny. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. let's do a, a play on Crowley's Wickedest Man in the World, but we'll put <laughs> Wickedest Band. Band, you know, and we'll yeah, sit yeah. there and Just in the evenings and... Yeah, just kind of giggle about, you know, be reading or whatever and get some inspiration. Be like, oh, we got to do that. And yeah. it's it's just, it's just fun, it's just fun for us, yeah. really. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> there's, a, there's a record that'll be out soon, a 45, that's got a little surprise on the center label. of. Yes. Of, it looks like a handwritten initial of who previously owned the record. So you'll have to oh, wait till it's oh, out to see who cool. owned it. But That's yeah. really cool. <laughs> well, you also just, you, you recently made available, there was, I think, one of 13 Upside Down Cross prints. Yeah. Yes, on your debut album. For our coven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you've also released that pink cassette, you know, mm-hmm. that blood red vinyl. What is the importance for you to be able to create those things for fans? Those right. extras and bonuses and things like that. I mean, yeah. I think we're just intrigued by mysterious hidden rooms behind bookshelves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> like the room we're in. So it's like, we want to give that experience where it's like, hey, guess what? On the anniversary of our record coming out on Friday the 13th, there was a secret pressing no one knew about and we're going to release one because it's just sort of like, ah, oh, there's another room in the mystery house, you know? That's so great. Was it, What was really giving you the influence from that? Was there bands that you listened to or things that you consumed where you got that experience? Yeah. I mean, I've been collecting records since I was like 13. So, yeah. you know, that's the kind of thing I get really excited about yeah. as a collector. Like, oh my God, this rare Italian punk band that only pressed 20 copies to lay the holy crap. Yeah. How can I get a hold of one of those you know yeah. i think well you guys know as collectors yeah. right like a large part of it is that adrenaline oh, rush of yeah. the pursuit yeah. you know <laughs> that art is getting lost in today's day and age with the digital age and everything yeah. it's awesome yeah. that you guys are sticking to that and giving that to your fans too yeah. which is amazing yeah it. i mean we collect a lot of objects and things yeah. like we're very like yeah. love art and physical tangible analog things so the beauty is music is free you know no one gets to own it but then you can make these cool fun collectible yeah. things that maybe we would want if we were collectors so. <laughs> yeah, yeah everything we sell in our store we have in our house you know so yeah oh that's so cool and yeah. you recently took to facebook and did a poll of what you want yeah. what fans would like to oh see oh my god it was what so are some fun. of the things that they asked for we cackled wow. all night long <laughs> into the wee hours yeah. dildos that were upside down cross of course yeah. wow. that held alien eggs well, that deposited that, that was eggs another girl. with red fluid in them that so burst can, in Inside of you. So that was wow. one <laughs> Well, a lot of people want what was the six 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 building blocks for babies? <laughs> like Legos? Yeah, yeah. They want, um, like, oh, they wanted yeah, wow. like wood blocks like Lisa Simpson's plays with except they wanted satanic symbols and like twin <laughs> for temple. children to get them started familiar with occult symbols. Yeah. Oh, my favorite was a satanic Barbie dream house. Yeah, with, in, with an altar. With an altar that was 
was basically and a goat and a goat and like all her ritual tools. Wow! Or, and it was all was... like Kendall, not included. <laughs> there was the Lego of us sacrificing Trump on an altar. Yes, that one was fun. Wow. They were so creative. It was amazing to hear all of their ideas. <laughs> <laughs> any, any mentions of Black Philip at all? No, we no. didn't. We didn't have oh, what a surprise! They did yeah. say goat masks. They did so say goat masks. There you go. Mask. So pretty Close much. Enough, right. Um, but yeah, we're just trying for fun. Like, what do you guys want? And so it was very inspirational to hear everyone's cool ideas. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. We were, we're going to have to make some of those. Yeah. <laughs> we're working on it. What well, do you guys do on Halloween? Mm, like, it depends. It does this depend. Halloween we'll be performing. Yeah. Actually, almost every Halloween we've That's right. Yeah, and last year we oh. played a, a Anton LaVey exhibit where they had a bunch oh, of his two years ago. Was that two years two ago? Two years ago. What? Did we play last year? Yeah, we did at um, the Fonda. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And we just were always playing. And it's, the it's a busy time for us. For, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Anton LaVey. Yeah, every year since cool. 2016 we've played. Well, yeah, Kenneth, Kenneth Anger, Anger was there. At the, at the LaVey exhibit. Flashed his Lucifer tat. Yeah, that was rad. <laughs> they had all yeah. these artifacts from the Black House there. And <laughs> yeah, just in Hollywood. Do you get to enjoy the Halloween season? Like, we go to, like, Knots and mm. Halloween Horror Nights and do mazes and that's cool spooky stuff. Do you guys <sighs> do any of that? We don't get out too much, you know? I mean, we're out all the time yeah, yeah right. when we're playing so when we're not you just rather just stick, yeah. Yeah. So stick around Halloween every day yeah right I mean, kind of. it's wonderful to see it all around you know I do love I love time. Halloween season yeah. but we don't get to too many amusement parks I mean sometimes once in a while usually we do a little bit of ritual magic around the time if we can yeah is so it like a particular powerful the veil is thin yeah is that true what they say is the veil thin on Halloween night I believe so I mean it all depends what's going on astrologically and with you like energetically yeah. too but but lunar is gonna be like a dead moon so it's it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty bleak it'll be good <laughs> nice <laughs> a dark and gloomy Halloween yeah. you're incredibly notorious for your live shows people have been flocking them <laughs> they've been selling out everywhere yeah. talk a little bit about the stage presentation the people who you bring with you on stage are they the same people you record with and what's the team <sighs> for the, for most, the most part, part. yeah yeah, for the most part, it's the same band who records with us. We've nice. got, yeah, you know, drums, guitar, bass, piano, organ, tenor sax right now, and of course, vocals. Um, oh, who, me? <laughs> <laughs> and then um, our headline shows, when we have the time, we perform uh, a long ritual in the middle where we, we ask uh, one lucky neophyte to come and, uh, you know, sometimes it's a baptism, sometimes mm-hmm. it's a wedding. Oh, we really? married wow. a couple in Portland for the wow. first time. Wow. It was beautiful. It was, it was amazing. So that yeah. was really cool. It kind of depends. You know, it depends it on depends. when. That was a solstice tour. So that was, you know, they were all solar rituals. So it depends on when it is and why, why we're yeah. playing. And, and I mean, we usually take our satanic altar. Yeah, we bring the altar on the road our... with us, which I have to say was really interesting when we flew to Europe. Oh, you got to take that through <laughs> customs or whatever. It was well, like, we've, um, we've had swords, you know, and all this shit. Skulls. I put a guitar Blood. case and they were like, what's in there? I was like, that's just a guitar. And they were like, all right, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah, swords, swords like, and a skull and all kinds of weird oh shit. God. Swords actually fit <laughs> perfectly crucifix. in a guitar case. Yeah, they're perfect. Yeah, there's like a blood spatter and upside down. Right, exactly. I wonder yeah. what that reaction would be. That is I know. crazy. And it was like, and then we had one corner for like underwear, socks, and our costume. Yeah. <laughs> we like, I put a note with the swords. I was like, these are theatrical props because I didn't want anyone to like, sure. had, like blood on them. You know, right. it was weird, you know. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I opened it up and kind. I saw this really cute little note that's like, to whom it may concern, these are theatrical props. <laughs> <laughs> Sincerely, Zachary James. <laughs> Sign it. I don't know, whatever. It worked. I'm yeah. dramatic. What can I say? I dramatize oh things a little bit. But <laughs> it was, who it's from. you did put a little funny note in there. But yeah, so the live <laughs> show, I mean, we try to. I can't help it. We're obviously inspired by theater and movies and stuff yeah. like that. So we like to make it a more than just like it's a show yeah it's a show and then just like dudes in a t-shirt right, you know, right. Rocking or like whatever because i don't know that's the kind of yeah. thing again like we love theater so right. well it's all so thought out when you see it the decoration to the stage to you in the cleopatra makeup you have the oh. perfect curl in the front your outfits <laughs> with the rhinestone upside down crosses yeah. the pentacles the swords everything like i said there's no stone unturned Aww, and it really you. creates a truly immersive experience 360 for anyone who purchases an album or goes to a show that you just 
don't find anymore. Oh, that's thank awesome. you. That's <laughs> definitely that's a goal. For sure. It is definitely a goal. I think that ritual and spaces where you get to enter like an altered realm are very much missing from modern society. You know, we're very starved for ritual. We don't get any. What do you get? A funeral? You ain't even there for yeah, it. And a wedding. You know? Well, we'll talk about your videos. Let's hang together. The song that kind of served as the introduction to yeah. Twin Temple. Yeah. What yeah. can you tell us about making the video, the first video? <laughs> oh, wow. That, that was, was a wild ride. Yeah. <laughs> that is all I can say. Yeah, I mean, we, we produced it and, you know, did all the hanging and all that stuff and had to figure out how the hell we were getting up on a tree. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, and while we were strung up, actually, I there mean, was God, a bear encounter. There was a bear. Oh, so shit. we're hanging. I mean, you know, we're being strung up and there's, you hear a bear kind of off. And then, you know, the gates were locked when we showed up and we we're like, Oh, that's weird. And then we see some hikers and they're like, yeah, there's bear warnings. You're not supposed to be here right now. And we're like and 20 we're, feet we're hanging on a rope. with nooses around our necks <laughs> so and like, like a right, bear growling in the distance. <laughs> we're just like a snack, you know, just Ooh. on a string. Yeah. And we're also trusting our friend to hold both of us up the other end of the rope. And yeah. it's like behind us was this like 20 foot ravine. Yeah, you and can see, like, but on the other side of the tree, it just dropped, you know, but uh, yeah, it was a great that. tree. So we had to use the tree. Where was this? Yeah. This, this was, was off in... the two, you know, if you keep. Yeah. driving up oh, the two. Cross highway. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. It was, yeah. We just hiked like a mile down in there yeah. and found this really cool old, old oak tree we kind of fell in love with. So. And there were the horses. Oh, Lord, the horse <laughs> poker, man. So we found, <laughs> I guess a, a lot of horses won't let you wear big um, fabric yeah. that drapes yeah. over it because it freaks them out. Oh. So we had to find this lady who just gave no like out in the middle of nowhere on this ranch she's like you're an experienced rider right like which one of you is more experienced so I was, I've ridden more horses so I was like I'll take this one she's like he's a little feisty and we're like riding out on the trail and for some reason she was like you got him thrown off before and I was like no you and she's like yeah by him and I was like okay this is gonna be interesting ride. my horse was so feisty it was fighting me on every turn it was also like 97 degrees yeah. I'm in a full Victorian antique winter morning dress and like a veil drenched in sweat we yeah. shot for like five hours and by the end of the day it was getting close to the horse's dinner time yeah. and we were in eyesight of where they eat yeah we're like oh, but it was like down, a, it was kind of like a up a hill yeah over a little like down the lane from their barn yeah the guy who was filming it was like oh my god the light's perfect just one more and my horse was stomping it was like kicking its back legs it was getting so pissed off and I was like this horse is so pissed if I do this it's going to throw me and he was like no 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 come on and he like motions for it and so I'm like <laughs> alright you know if we need the shot I will do this so I'm doing the horse and all of a sudden it just goes from zero to sixty starts galloping oh, full blown bucking bronco and yeah. throws me off the back of the horse oh, oh my so God. I just kind of tucked rolled <laughs> but um that was the end of that day it was yeah, great actually imagine. that i was wearing so much clothing and leather gloves because they yeah. actually have holes all yeah. torn in all oh, of it yeah. and i split my whole victorian dress and everything where did kind of you fun. find that costume <laughs> i mean that was amazing ah uh, um was that just put on together through yeah like ebay we like haunt yeah it was a jacket from ebay I don't know, like we go market. to a lot of flea markets we're okay. always kind of just searching for mm -hmm. weird stuff so a lot of it was just kind of put together yeah. and the veil i had made yeah. myself and, and the day after the horses is when we filmed the hanging scene so that was post i was so horse. yeah oh and i'm God. strung what up an adventure the, it was interesting <laughs> it was wow. i was like hobbling along actually we postponed it one day that's right we took a day my off my whole back side was completely bruised oh, and i was no. like she was like oh yeah that's gonna hurt tomorrow and i was like ah, yeah, yeah. So then the next day we were strung up in a tree behind a ravine <laughs> with a bear in the background. Like this music video is going to kill us. Yeah, that was fun. And literally. it will be ironic that it's called Let's Hang Together. <laughs> <laughs> How did you do the hanging effect? So, well, it took us a really long time to figure out. It's like three seconds. Yeah. But I mean, we always love in like vintage horror films, the creepy hanging or I love Phantom of the Opera as a kid. So yeah. when the like creepy body comes down from drops down from the ceiling, yeah. it's always like this too. great creepy moment. So we we got a bunch of we got harnesses for like, you know, working on uh, houses. a building or some shit. Yeah, like contractor yeah. harnesses. And then we got a bunch of rope for rock climbing and We're then like, we learned all these knots. <laughs> 
this is that one. Yeah, so we we first learned how to tie a noose. Like, all right, we can do that. All right, let's let's continue. Yeah, uh, so it was like a body harness, and then underneath, and then we put our clothes on. And yeah, then. and then we put real nooses around our necks, threw them over the tree, and then so our friends had pulled us up, you know, kind of like on a like a pulley kind of levee yeah. over the tree branch, <laughs> and then. Then you had the the rope, other rope draped over, but then they had to grab it, so it felt like someone was holding it. So you know they they really were holding the rope. Yeah, and our but. friend was like, "It's fine. Well, let's just string it, like you know, whatever. Hold the end. You, I'll like try not to hang you." And we're like, "No, don't." Oh my god! <laughs> Actually, fun. we did hang ourselves. We did die. And what you are now seeing are our ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the, we did a seance before. Yeah. So the true story is <laughs> talking Died. about ghosts. Uh, have you guys seen any? Or I will show any? you. A ghost that I oh, took a photo no of. Yeah. Way. Yes. We do, do have you, a ghost. Do, do you all know who Graham Parsons is? The yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. We yeah. stayed in his room. Tell, tell a story while the I Joshua it. Tree Inn. And my friend and I were just messing around taking photos. We had summoned him and played one of his songs. Yeah, we'd like, asked him to come out. We did. Wow. Because we, I were huge Graham Parsons. So okay. he has a room there, just well, one that he'd stay. It's, yeah, it's where he died. So oh, it's, okay. so, and then where he stayed a lot. Yeah. So yeah. it's where he passed away. So I will tell you. You can still stay there. Before I took this photo, there was no like, this light source came out of nowhere and it walked through the, the phone. As I was taking it, I snapped about like. 10 different photos. I'll show it to you. Uh, I guess when you're listening, you don't, you can't get the visual. Right. Well, it's, it's a ghastly blue it's orb. It's basically yeah. like a, a super luminous white light that has a light source from the center of it that radiates out and then it turns kind of yeah. light blue on the outside. Oh, and it's then the crazy. the photo is just totally normal again. Yeah. I don't have the ones before and after anymore because this was like a couple years ago. Oh my but, um, God. It, it had a shape of a head. It's, yeah. If you look at it, it's got a shoulder and it literally just like, just hovered just as you would imagine a ghost just straight through the camera. Like it wasn't just a flash. It just literally wow. passed through. And then we stopped and I was like, uh, take a look at this. And I, you know, I was, was smoking at the time and all the other photos had like this one wisp of smoke and then everyone's like, oh, maybe it's a smoke. But the no. photos were so different. Like this light source just came out of nowhere. Right. Yeah. The one you just showed. Yeah, yeah. Huge. Yeah, yeah. It was crazy. Actually, for our wedding anniversary, we went to San Diego to visit the Whaley house. Oh, which is yeah. supposed to be really haunted. Ooh, yeah. And we walked into the main room, which was a courtroom. And I heard like court proceedings. Like I thought that they you had like and like papers noises. wrestling oh, and like shit. chairs kind of creaking and stuff and for a second i thought it was one of those places where they had soundtracks to kind of give you the vibe yeah. of what a yeah. historical place and we were like what where's that coming from and then we both kind of like started feeling weird and realized that we were just both hearing these sounds like yeah, it was weird the exact same ones there was just it happened it happened so much in there you know all these court cases and all these kind of people stressed out you know and all and all this paperwork it, it was just like deep. left these trails you know and it was on top of a native american that's hanging, right yeah and they had like, killed a bunch of people yeah. it was a real oh, twisted spot gosh. real weird and i mean yeah like the courthouse they were sentencing people to death at you know to be hung at the tree outside yeah. of it so it was and a then, pretty dark spot well we both kind of saw like in the living room I guess it was just sort of like a imagination yeah it's like a flash you, know, you walk in a room and then a picture enters your mind but then you're like well where'd that picture come from right. and then you're like well that's kind of corresponds with what they used to do in this room you know I mean for us other than that photo I've, I haven't seen a physical ghost no. it's always been like that it's like it's mental you know yeah. it's something in my mind but then it's usually something that it's kind of unexplainable. Yeah. And it was like, why do we hear the same thing? And why in this room that I guess had been used as a courthouse? I don't know. It's yeah. very strange. Right. Like tapping into the energy. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it's not a physical thing. So it's like, why would you sense it with physical eyes? You're not yeah. taking in the same information. You know, it's different. It's kind a of different sensation. Oh, and then there's the haunted hotel in San Antonio where, where Robert Johnson actually recorded. They have a, there's a room in the lobby. They have like sealed off with a plaque and it's where he recorded like the one full length album that he had right. done. Right. And that house. I mean, I but they all left and I was there by myself. Yeah, we had a night off or something weird and we'd gone out and you weren't feeling too good. I, I was tired. So I was just like, you guys go party on Wayne. And I was just in the room <laughs> and they all left. And I was like, did someone like it just still felt like someone was there. I thought maybe uh, someone had stayed or something. I was like, Alex, are, are you here? And I was like looking in the I was like, huh. That's so weird. Like, who's here? And I like opened the door because I thought maybe someone was like lurking outside my door. You know, when you just feel yeah. like someone's watching you, you can feel it when someone's staring at you. So it just felt like someone was staring at me. And I'm like, that's weird. So I get in bed. I just feel really cold and weird. 
And I was like, is anyone here? And like the light flickered. I don't know. And so I called him like freaking out. I was like, can you come back? I don't know. I think like someone's in here. It's like haunted or something. And so the next morning, talked to the receptionist. Apparently this woman had been murdered there and all they found was a bathtub of her blood in like two doors down from where we were. No body. Same same hall. They still don't know. It was like an unsolved case, but it was just a bathtub of blood and she had been there. Yeah, and, and now it's like a what is it like a Hilton? Like, I don't you know, know. It's just a motel. Took over at like yeah. an old cool historic building, you know. Yeah, <sighs> just like a generic, you yeah. know, Wyndham or yeah. I yeah. don't remember yeah, what it was. It was. Right. But those were our haunting experiences. Yeah. <laughs> wow, those are incredible. Those are great. <laughs> well, you're probably about to have more as you're about to go on uh, a massive tour and hitting over forty, <laughs> forty oh, different yeah. cities. Yeah, we'll be haunted by sleep deprivation. <laughs> yeah, you guys are touring with uh, Amigo the Devil. Right? Yes, yeah. yeah, super excited yeah. about that. Yeah, he's he great. was here. He's so awesome. He's, yeah, awesome. yeah, he's an amazing artist. So yeah. we're super honored that he asked us to go out with him. You're going to be playing that show in Vegas first of all, right? And that kind Psycho of Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're in Psycho Las Vegas, yeah. and then we're playing. Uh, we're supporting Ghost in oh, that's, uh, Utah. That's oh so no! Great. Nice. Yeah. Wow. yeah, we can't wait. It's that's be, awesome. It's yeah. be wonderful. We're really excited about that. We're big Ghost fans. So yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the true community that's kind of centered also mm-hmm. around the band and there's a way to become involved and join the coven per mm. se. Talk about some of the things that that unlocks. First off, we have like a little chat room on Discord, which is basically like if you haven't used it, it's like a group text thread. And it's super fun. We go in there frequently and chat with people and people have all kinds of questions from about our music sometimes or they're curious about the occult or whatever. And so there's always a really fun conversation going on in there. We found that Mm -hmm. people who have kind of gathered around the band are all very unique and creative and it's Mm -hmm. always like really cool to chat with them. They're all definitely like-minded and it's very cool. And and we also try to just surprise them with fun, different things. Like the last thing we did this month was um, to release one of those secret 13 original press records at a mysterious time. So they're all like, is it going to be at 666? Because that would be 706 PM. (laughs) Or they're like, or what about the witching hour? (laughs) They're like, well, maybe it's 713 because the record came out on 713 on Friday the 13th, which is what we ended up um, doing. But they were all day. They're like, I'm sitting at work refreshing. This is torture. (laughs) Like, sorry, but I hope you're having a little bit of fun being tortured as well. <laughs> yeah, just stuff like that. And we've initiated some of them. We brought them on stage with us. Yeah. Um, we'll give away like little tickets and things. We've got a special merch area where they can buy like some more exclusive items and get them signed. Right now we have a couple things that you can only get in that zone. So I don't know. We just try to do like a little extra special for that little group. And any new music in addition to that latest single that is in the works? I mean, I know you guys are going on this big tour. Is it going to be time to do that? Or what do you think? We actually have the B-side. There's a B-side? And I think we're going to release it Friday the 13th in September. Nice. I think you guys heard that here first. first (laughs) With a physical release of both soon to follow. Wow. So so this year, there'll be a a 45. We'll have the 7-inch. What a great song. I'm so excited. (laughs) Same as a woman. You know, I always love the gospel call and response thing that made its way into rock and roll and R&B. And, you know, it's just a classic thing. And I mean, it's it's really fun to do it with Satan. (laughs) (laughs) Great song. Yeah. (laughs) I just wanted to know what you guys like your top horror movies that you like to watch. <laughs> okay. Well, firstly, does The Burbs count as horror? Yes. Sure does. Yes. Totally. Sure I used to love that movie. Great yes. bones and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. Satan is my friend. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. That's it. Of course, that's a great one. And like we said, you know, all the Hammer films. Does like, all the Hammer films count as one film? We, we actually had this conversation earlier, funnily <laughs> yeah. enough. So, uh, uh, We're like, yeah. just choose one. But I do, I don't, which one is the one about Elizabeth Bathory, the Hammer film? I don't know the title, but they made one about Elizabeth oh, Bathory, yeah. and I love yeah. it. Would that be like your quintessential Hammer film? Mm. If, you, if, if you could advise someone to go and experience Hammer films who've never seen a Hammer film, is there Man. one you'd say like, you know Devil, what? Devil Rides Out. Devil Rides Out's Hammer, isn't it? Is that a Hammer I film? I think that's Hammer. Is it? I'm pretty sure it's Hammer. That's pretty great. When Devil Baphomet like appears. Devil Rides Out. Or, um, or Mask of the Red Death, which isn't the Hammer film, but if we're right. just talking about great yeah. these horror Mask of the Red Death. Yeah. I also love Black Sunday. 
day because yeah. give me a, a scorned witch with a vendetta any yeah, day of one. the week. <laughs> what was the other one we just recently watched? Black oh, Simon White. King of the Witches. That one's good too. That is great. And there's some interesting ceremonial magic scenes in there. It as well. Stephen King, you got to it. Yeah. Just horror. But uh, what was that one we just watched? It's like there's oh. two sisters that are when my one's a witch. Wait. Oh, oh, it's it's a uh, the freaking Manson and and the two are they called twins of twins what, of evil twins of evil is that oh the, yeah have you guys seen that movie no oh my god it's not. so good it's incredible oh it's so good you must you must watch it's like a weird like German incredible. castle involved and it oh, counts yes. and there's twins and one's evil and, and it's, yeah, it's a lot of things you could ask for there's got to be like a haunted opulent structure yes. you know great <laughs> yeah. 60s big hair I love when 60s does like, like you know renaissance. renaissance or like 60s does medieval or 60s does like victorian everything through that like, filter just yeah, rules just yeah. running through the 60s filter <laughs> yeah. so yeah I mean all that there's ton- and of course like I've watched a lot of like crappy B movies you know and like uh, what like bad taste and all that kind of stuff yeah. like cannibal holocaust I just can't <laughs> yeah. do the ones where they like surgically amputate Soft. your face no, I like all the torture uh, porn yeah. stuff not into that yeah. no, 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 no 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 I can't <laughs> I used that. to like all those saws. When when they first came out, I was a big saw fan. Yeah? yeah. Oh, yeah. The moment when they're like, he doesn't want us to cut the chain. He wants us to cut the leg. It's <laughs> like, yeah. No. No. Classic. Have you guys seen The Love Witch? Oh, yes. Yeah, that That's an amazing yeah. one. That I love Anna Biller. She's yeah. definitely yeah. on my yeah. hit list of like dream yeah. directors to work with one day. Music video. Yeah, that would be sick. That was incredible. Awesome. Was, Every detail in it was beautiful. Yeah, also, like hand, a lot of the stuff she made mm, by yeah. hand. Yeah, like yeah. that rug with the pentagram and all the and the paintings and, so and, cool. uh, and the costumes. Like, I give you the rainbow. She, that was like her yeah. idea. And the lining and stuff and the witch bottles. Oh man, that there's no incredible. way she hasn't heard of you guys at this point. Anna, if you're out there, I'm <laughs> summoning you. <laughs> Who's the actor? The guy in that with like the oh, mustache. he follows we, us on we, Twitter. We like talked to him like yeah, the mustache on guy. The internet. I forget. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. He was like, yeah, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. Just- and I love you. <laughs> Wherever you are. <laughs> it's a little mental magic on you. It's a great movie. I got the perfect tagline for your, your record. What do you got? What is it? Songs to make Rosemary's Baby 2. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you first. You heard it here first. <laughs> that's really good. That is really good. good. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That is great. Yeah. We're gonna have to make a like we'll a, covers a record, baby maker you know, song and yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, it could just be a, yeah, it could be a little. Mark. Actually, we do have a little baby maker in the works. Mm. Yeah, that's sultry Spanish yeah, yeah, ballad. Yeah. Damn, we need to use that as a right. tagline. Well, uh, we'll work on it. Okay, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna make you a Rosemary's Baby maker. <laughs> Actually, someone said the other day that her and her boyfriend have sex to our record. Yeah, that's right. Um, because they're both like into extreme like metal, but then wow, when they have sex, they put on that. our that's, record. Yeah, that makes that's sense, that. right? I can see that. Cool. We're like the record evil people like have sex. <laughs> <laughs> also a good tagline. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Brainstorming session. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, Twin Temple, thank you guys so much for being here today. Yeah. Thank it you was for an having absolute us. delight. Yeah. Seriously. Awesome. Thank you. No, you this was amazing. amazing. This yes. was so cool. Yeah. Hey. Satan lives. The year is one. Please will meet you. Satan's my name. I can make you sin. I can make you free your pain. Twist, I can make you seduce me one into the what to see. You can call me Lucy. Sometimes a That was a Boo Crew Podcast, episode 59. Special thanks to our guests, Alexandra and Zachary James from Twin Temple. Follow them on Instagram and Twitter at Twin Temple. Get their incredible music everywhere now. And go to TwinTemple.com to find an upcoming show near you where you can go and experience them live. They'll be touring throughout the fall. Till next time, it's the Boo Crew saying, see you on the other side. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew. 
Moo on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at Tales from the Moo. The Moo Crew is Tim Timebomb, Leone D'Antonio, Lauren and Trevor Shand, Austin Wilkin, and Rachel Tahada. The Moo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation. Bye.